It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Thursday to you and welcome inside the Property Squad Studios of WKVL and Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. Excited to be in here as it's been a long 24 hours. I got off the air yesterday, jumped in the car and sped on the speed limit to Murfreesboro. Uh, had a really good day yesterday. Got to get there in time to see Stone Memorial and Science Hill High School in the Ladies Championship or in the Ladies Championship Series. Again, the Elite Eight round. And Stone Memorial was a good basketball team. Science Hill uh, had some physicality and some athleticism that they brought to the table. But nonetheless, it was fun to watch uh, that, that basketball game. Stone Memorial, of course, victorious and moving on. But... That was the, the first game of the, the day. The second game was the reason I was there. Whitehaven and Maryville. Whitehaven out of Memphis, Maryville out of East Tennessee in a, in a battle of, of what could be, uh, you know, probably look ahead, uh, could be one of the um, championship moments. And when I say that, it's, it's one of those deals to where uh, the way Maryville came on at the back end of that contest – uh, really could tell the tale of the tape as you look uh, to the championship round as it's now to Final Four with Stone Memorial, Whitehaven, Lebanon, and Arlington moving ahead. But if you look at it, Whitehaven scores the most in the first round. And who would have scored second most? Lady Rebels, 63, uh, is the second highest score of the day for AAA. And it just happened to be against the first highest scoring of the day. But if you look at it, the box score looked like this. Game tipped off at 12.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Central. And and Whitehaven, I'll be honest, came out of the gate extremely physical. They came out of the gate ready to go. Uh, they put the press on pretty much the most of the time and held the Lady Rebels to three points in the first quarter. You look at what, what they were able to do. In the first quarter alone, that maybe made the difference in the basketball game. You know, you look at it and, and what they were able to do. It was a 10-3 to game at the end of one. Not that that game was out of hand, but they held Maryville scoreless for the final 7-54 of the first quarter, their eight-minute quarters. So Maryville's first possession, they score a three, and then they go cold. The final 754. Uh, in the second quarter, Maryville matches intensity. They both score 17 to take it to the half, 27 to 20. So again, being able to claw back in was something that the Lady Rebels were able to do yesterday. Uh, 17 to 8 was the third quarter outing as Whitehaven again came out of the, the first half break uh, in the third quarter, came out hot. 17 to 8 was the difference. And then what a fourth quarter. 35 points for the Lady Rebels to really draw this thing close. Got it within one point a couple times and, and just unable 
uh, to to convert or turn Whitehaven around, and uh, and they get would either get a shot up or they would go to the free throw line uh, to seal the deal. 66-63 was the finale. Uh, Lady Rebel season comes to an end. A 30 victories, five loss season. Uh, a great run uh, for a lot of these seniors. You know, you look at it. Katie Cunningham, six points in 30 minutes of play. Uh, Danae Fritz, 22 points on 30 minutes. Uh, Aliyah Vananda, uh, 13 points on 20 minutes. And then Gracie Midkiff, six points on 30 minutes. Jazz Irvin had 13 points on 19 minutes. And Grayson Patterson, three points on eight minutes. Uh, total game percentage, 63 points. They shot 41% from the floor, 37% from the three-point line, and nearly 88% from the free-throw stripe. So they were very, very efficient in, in a lot of the things that they did. The problem was is Whitehaven jumped out to that 10-7 lead and, and ultimately proved to be the difference. Brown with 11, Allman with 12, Lee with 11, and Claybrook with 20. Uh, kind of paced the Lady Tigers to a first-round victory and a and a spot in that Final Four for AAA. So uh, it was a fun day yesterday. You know, was able to take my man Jay Ward down, uh, and and he was my he was my sidekick. I, I say he's a color commentator, but really we kind of split the deal. Uh, Jason did a great job, and, and honestly, uh, I really appreciate uh, him driving for one, but two. Uh, helping me out and, and, and really doing a really good job. So he, he really killed it yesterday uh, on the call. But, you know, you go down there, and it's at the Murphy Center. I don't know for those that have, have been to Murfreesboro, been to Middle Tennessee. Um, the Murphy Center's kind of cool. I mean, it's quaint. It's not – I mean, it's not Thompson Bowling Arena, but at the same rate, I don't think it's trying to be. Uh, they've got, of course, the individual seating in the in a lower bowl – and then up top, there's a there's kind of a landing, and then they've got the bleacher seating up there. But really, it was fun because the student sections were in the ends, and 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 kind of every possession really did a lot for the success and and the and the motivation of of all of the teams. You know, we watched uh, two full games, and then watched the beginning uh, of the Lebanon uh, Lebanon and uh, Bradley Central game. Uh, Lebanon, of course, gets the victory there, 51-42. But it really, it really rocked me from a from a fan perspective. And isn't that funny how how that's where I was at? So in the wake, and we're going to get to the NCAA tournament, and the fans not going to be there uh, in a minute. But I just on the ride home yesterday, I'm getting all the text, I'm getting all the updates. Hey, the NCAA is not going to have fans at the at the tournament. Hey, the the you know NBA suspending their season because of of the coronavirus. Ivy League shutting down this all spring sports. Da 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 da. And then I'm in Murfreesboro with with a few thousand people, and and I'm sitting here going, is this game this exciting without these people here? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Now, in the effort of safety, is it worth it? Absolutely. You know, I, I don't think any ball game is worth uh, what looks like this thing can do to you. But at the same rate, I, I don't – I'm not – in this instance, I'm not a push-forward, get-it-done kind of guy. 
Do we need to hold back? Do we need to kind of pause up? Now, looking at it today, uh, no change in the TSSAA uh, standings. They've got they've got like a hundred different uh, hand sanitizers out there. I mean, they've they've done some things uh, to keep it clean, and and you can tell that that the crowd was down based on not wanting to be around a bunch of people. But I thought it was a really good environment. I thought what we were able to do yesterday and really seeing Stone Memorial brought like half the school. Uh, but Stone Memorial uh, had a great student section there. Uh, Maryville traveled well. Science Hill didn't have that many people there. Whitehaven from Memphis, not a lot of people there. But, uh, you know, I, it's, it's again, a, an environment that, that proves that, that Tennessee high school athletics uh, is still a thing. And I thought it was really cool to be down there and be able to see a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a long time. Matthew Gillespie from TSSAA, uh, always very helpful with me. And he was again yesterday as he put us put WGAP center court, which is, I mean, that's pretty cool. I uh, got to see. Uh, I was the best seat in the house, in my opinion, and uh, I don't think many would argue. But nonetheless, the Lady Rebels season comes to an end. I thought, it, you know, after you after this happens, you know, you wait – in a couple hours, here comes a tweet that, you know, kind of a, a, a recap of season kind of deal. And then and then Coach West put one out there and what have you. But I started, like, on the ride home because it, it's a nice, long ride home. Um, I start putting those things together. You, you know, like, what what does this season look like? And, and, you know, we didn't get to broadcast all the games, but, but I followed basically all of the games. And – and this team, from a from a loss to Stone Memorial at the 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 beginning, all the way to battling to a thirty and four record to get to Murfreesboro, this team never stopped growing, never stopped changing and, and getting better. And and la- yesterday, even the same thing. It was a four quarter that that really kind of told the tale of the whole season. You know. Th- not the start you want again as they lost to Stone Memorial at the at the opening of the season but then they just kept battling there there was no sense of like oh no you know frantic but they just kept battling 17 points matched the intensity in the second quarter and you go into half down 7 but you have to have some you've got to feel like you've got the momentum you got to feel like you you've done something really well and then coming out in the third quarter again still able to score and, and do what you need to do, but just the deficit kind of grew a little bit there in the third quarter. But, again, is that a moment when you could have laid down? Absolutely. The Lady Rebels didn't do that. As as the fourth quarter started, they literally scored more points in the fourth quarter than they did the rest of the game. 35 points scored in the fourth quarter to draw this thing real close and put Whitehaven on a block. Literally, Whitehaven, you're going to fall on one side or the other. You're either going to win this thing crazy – or you're going to lose this thing crazy. And, and I thought the fact that the Lady Rebels pushed on and got to that point, got to that breaking point for Whitehaven, the point, the fact that, that Whitehaven was able to sustain and get that victory, that's indifferent to the, the effort that was shown yesterday. I thought Jazz Irvin had a great game. I thought the way she was able to, to not only play within herself, clean up baskets, score, and, and get good rebounds, but I didn't think she, you know, she didn't, buckle under the pressure she didn't she didn't move the pivot foot she didn't turn over a lot and, and I thought the, all the Lady Rebels did a good job at that Danae Fritz you thought you saw her she was very uh 
animated in the fact that she was going to play a, a hard brand of basketball and, and they were going to have to see what they could do with that. And I thought late in the game that that rose up and gave the Lady Rebels a chance. But I think at the end of the day, you got to understand you don't lose much. You, you lose Grayson Patterson, which is a big loss. Jazz Irvin, big loss. And, and then you, you lose uh, Katie Cunningham. All three great players, all three very, very instrumental in, in this in this team. But what you return is, is really nice. You return uh, Vananda, Midkiff, Fritz. Uh, you, you return a lot of nice pieces. Uh, oh, and Taylor West was also a senior. Uh, but you return a lot of pieces uh, that, that can do a lot of good things for you. So in that regard, I, I think I think it's only uh, fitting that you, you just kind of – you very much celebrate this season. You have a, a good time here in the next little bit. But then you look ahead and know that, that 2021, uh, the version of the Lady Rebels, uh, will have opportunities uh, to have a big year and, and big-time success again. So uh, congratulations to Whitehaven. Again, they move on to take on uh, Stone Memorial. And, and you know – I think that's going to be a really good matchup. I am not, um, I'm not adverse to the opinion that the winner of that basketball game wins the state championship. In my opinion, that is your state championship game because the other side of the coin, the other side of the coin is going to be Arlington uh, and Lebanon, and not nothing against either one of those teams, uh, but just keeping up with the box score, uh, they they were not. Uh, let's just say, as tested as the other two. I thought Science Hill brought a, a little bit back at the end of that game that made Stone Memorial have to dig deep, and then I thought Maryville put everything they had on the line uh, to, to see if Whitehaven could han- handle it, and they, and they did. They ended up getting it done. But, uh, again, your, your AAA representatives will be Stone Memorial and Whitehaven. That will be Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Eastern. And then Lebanon and Arlington uh, will play after that game. They'll play at 12.30 uh, p.m. tentatively Eastern time, 11.30 a.m. Central. Uh, but a really good time yesterday. Again, would have would have liked to have been traveling again tomorrow to Murfreesboro, but nonetheless uh, a good time yesterday as the Rebels put a good show on uh, for a good finish and just unfortunately on the wrong side of the win column. But uh, let's take us a quick break, listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk about breaking news yesterday as a lot of a lot of conferences are shutting down. NBA is postponing their season, and the NCAA March Madness happens without fans. What, what, what does that look like? How is that a, a thing? And then what's it going to be? I mean, is it going to be March Madness, or is it going to be March kind of frustrated? We'll see what it's like. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. 
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Tired of your current job? Looking for a career change? Take the first step by attending the Blunt County Job Fair on March 24th from 1 to 5 p.m. at the Foothills Mall in Maryville. Sponsored by Blackberry Farm, Pellissippi State Community College, Clayton Homes, and the City of Maryville, more than 40 employers will be on hand with jobs available in hospitality, medical services, telecommunications, construction, internet technology, and much more. So find your next career at the Blunt County Job Fair on March 24th at Foothills Mall. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blunt County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation review and assurance services. It's Whitlock and Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock and Company online at whitlockcpa.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind 
on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition. Yesterday, Mark Emmert released a statement to the Associated Press about 4.40 p.m. that said the NCAA will make an unprecedented decision uh, to hold its men's and women's basketball tournaments without fans because of the ongoing coronavirus crisis. He said, while I understand how disappointing this is for all fans of our sports, my decision is based on the current understanding of how coronavirus is progressing in the United States. He used the actual word, but it's a COVID-19 or COVID-19. He said he said this decision is the best interest of public health, including that of coaches, administrators, fans, and most importantly, our student athletes. We recognize the opportunity to compete in an NCAA National Championship is an experience of a lifetime for students and their families today. We will move forward and conduct championships consistent with the current information and will continue to monitor and make adjustments as needed. Emmer said that they thought about canceling the tournament. He said, we recognize our tournaments bring people from all around the country together. Uh, They're not just regional events. They're big national events, and it's a very, very hard decision uh, for all those obvious reasons. Uh, Other things he said, he said the NCAA is looking into moving the men's Final Four from Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium to a smaller arena. The NCAA will also consider smaller venues for the regionals as currently they are scheduled to be played at the Toyota Center in Houston, Madison Square Garden in New York, the Staples Center in Los Angeles, and Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Uh, All sites for next week's men's game will remain the same unless conditions in those areas force relocation. One of them is Dayton. And I know Dayton has – they've done very similar to what a lot of the universities has done. UT did it. Uh, I know Vandy's done it. I think it's all the state schools, of course. Tusculum has done it. Um, They're going to do some online courses in lieu of being in in face-to-face in person. And, again, that's just because people from around the country go home – on, on spring break, come back, the the chances of you being uh, at least exposed are, are higher and, and the risk maybe not worth it. So I think all of this is going to uh, push this, this thing up and, and, and into the forefront if it wasn't already. But uh, Emmer also set a protocol for medical screening for people who do actually get to go to the game it is getting worked out along with what is – uh, in quotes, essential staff and how to define what family members get in because that's that's what they're going to limit it to. Uh, listening to some other other outlets, media is still going to be available. Uh, it, it's I don't know to what limit. You know, is it going to be a number limit per outlet? What what's the deal there? But even those that are going to get to get in, you know, they're gonna they're gonna do medical screening uh, for those for those things, but. My question is, is what are you losing to do it this way? I'm not saying that it's wrong. I, I'm not. I, but I do question, you know, should a, should we go the delay route similar to, to what the NBA is doing, put it on hiatus a little bit, 
I understand the the dynamic of of schedules with the venues and and what have you. Uh, but again, it's one of those things to think about because, like, where do you stop? Like, if there's no fans there, do you still play the music? If there's no fans to listen to it, do you really need a PA guy? If there's no fans there, will the mascots be on the floor? And to be quite honest with you, you, you know, if there's no fans there, does the underdog, does that mean a thing? Like if there's a rally, does it does it come to fruition because there's no fan support to get behind them? I, I just think it's a dynamic that, that those are dynamics that are that are going to change, that are going to be different. And, and, and to me, you talk about the NCAA experience. I don't know if I'm a freshman in this year's deal that I'm going to really feel like I get the real deal. Because you don't. You just don't. CBS and Turner uh, plan to broadcast the games as usual. Other media members will be allowed into the arena to cover the games, but how many is still to be determined. It says Wednesday's decision applies to more than just men's and women's basketball. All NCAA-sponsored championships will be affected, including hockey's Frozen Four, April 9th through 11th in Detroit, and wrestling. 19 March 19th through the 21st in Minneapolis. The NCAA announcement came after Ohio Governor Mike DeWine said he would issue an order that would ban fans from NCAA tournament games in Cleveland and the first four games in Dayton. Uh, so again, a uh, little hand got pushed there yesterday uh, by the governor of Ohio. Uh, sporting events around the world have been affected by the virus. Uh, states and cities have banned large gatherings leading upcoming NHL games uh, scheduled for Columbus, Ohio, and San Jose, California to be played without fans. And baseball's Seattle Mariners to say they will move their games out of Seattle for all of March. Later Wednesday, uh, the NBA became the first major American sport league to suspend play because of the pandemic after it announced that a Utah Jazz player tested positive for the coronavirus. So again, uh, that that is a stance that I don't know that the NCAA wants to make, but I I don't know that it's a bad decision. Because here's the thing: you can quarantine all you want at the arena, but it's all about how they're managed outside the arena. And I think there's some protocol that's been talked about on back channels, but they get in there and bang around for for 60 minutes against the, or 40 minutes against each other, and they're sweating and doing and what have you, and I still think the risk is still there for the student-athlete, as as Emmert said, was a big proponent that they're trying to protect. But he said many conference tournaments will be played without fans. Also, the National Association of Basketball Coaches and Women's Basketball Coaches Association each canceled their annual Final Four conventions on Wednesday. March Madness hits another level next week with the start of the NCAA tournament to crown a national champion, one of the more popular events on the American sports calendar, the 68-team men's field is scheduled to be announced Sunday, and the 64-team women's field will be unveiled Monday. Uh, they are eight first and second round sites for the men's tournament, uh, each to be played that March 19th through the 22nd weekend. Locations include Cleveland, St. Louis, Albany, New York, Omaha, Nebraska, Sacramento, California, uh, Spokane, Washington, and Tampa, Florida. 
The four regional sites for the second weekend are Indianapolis, L.A., Houston, and New York. And the final four is scheduled to be held in Atlanta with semifinal games on April 4th and the championship on April the 6th. All of these, all of these venues are in question at this point. Because like I said, it's it's an experience. March Madness is like it's it's not a it's not a singular event. It's like a happening. Like it's one of those deals where you get caught up in it for a couple weeks. And I think that's going to be a dynamic that's kind of weird. And I'd love to hear people's opinion. Again, if you if you have one, give us a call 865-983-4310. Again, that's 983-4310 because I think it changes everything. Uh, to me, you, you know, the whole feel yesterday, and and I'm just using I'm just using the TWSAA tournament as as my barometer because I was there. I was there for for a game that didn't matter to me, quite frankly, Stone Memorial and Science Hill, and I got into it based on how Stone Memorial's student section was responding to their basketball team, how their coach and players were interacting with their student section. And that dynamic will be gone in the NCAA tournament, arguably a place where people want to be the Cinderella, a place where where Blue Bloods want to to reclaim dominance at certain levels, whether that's that's a Kansas, a Kentucky, a North Carolina. Ain't going to be North Carolina this year. But where they want to do and how they want to do. And the fact that there's not going to be a – you know, I'm not a Kentucky fan, but they travel amazingly – there's not going to be a big blue nation wherever they go. You know, if you're if you're there's not going to be a Rock'em Chock'em Jay Hawk'em uh Kansas chant anywhere you go. And I'm assuming the NIT is going to follow suit. There's not going to be a a, a VOLS chant or or it's great to be a Tennessee Vol at the NIT. And and I know everybody's like, "Well, we've got a chance. We can win the SEC tournament." Guys, I'm optimistic and my orange glasses are thick. But we're going to the NIT. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, uh, they do play today. They'll play Alabama. We'll talk about it here in a minute. But I just it just continues to shock me. I'm sitting here going, is it TV dollars pushing the 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 press on and we just won't have any fans in there? But I think it, it begs the question. It begs the question. A lot of things are done for fan experience, but is that a thing? Is that important? Is that important? I'm all about health and I'm all about safety. And I, and I think this is a this is a good step. But I don't know why why we're in such a uh I don't know why we're in such a hurry to push this thing in. Why we're why we're such such a hurry to get this thing done. The SEC tournament last night had fans in attendance tonight. They will not Tennessee will play in front of an empty place. Tennessee, Alabama, empty court in Bridgestone. It's it's going to be different. <laughs> it's going to be real different. One o'clock start uh, today, but I just the dynamic that is basketball at the college level, the fan level, the 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 living on every possession level. I think it's changed, and is it a good thing? I don't know. I don't think it is, but at the same rate, I, I'm i torn because, you know, I, I don't want people to get sick. I don't want this thing to get out of hand. Uh, but obviously, TV dollars and logistical problems 
have pushed networks and, and teams to go this direction. But Mark Emmert lays down the law yesterday, and Adam Silver says, you know what, we'll one-up you. We'll suspend the season uh, again after a player was tested positive for the coronavirus. So at this point, uh, like I said, kind of numb uh, because you don't know what it's going to look like. Well, you know what it's going to look like. It's going to look empty. But the question is, 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 is what exactly is it going to look like? Is it going to be no more than practice film? Is it going to be, you know, un, unprovoked? No, I mean, there'll be announcers on TV, but I mean, will there even be a PA guy? Will there be music played at the, at the breaks? Will there be mascots on the sideline? I just, I don't know. I mean, I've watched G League and I feel like that's what we're about to see. We're about to see a G League or a, an AAU uh, coverage type type scenario to where um, it's pretty bare bones. It's pretty bare bones. And and you know what? If if in a few weeks we figured out this coronavirus and they get things tuned up, maybe they maybe they get back by the by the championship round. But uh, it's a it's kind of a weird situation. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of close up on that topic because I don't know I don't know what it's gonna be like. I don't know that you're gonna see a a, a 16 seed. Uh, you know, get up on a on a blue blood or get up on a one seed and sit there and go, we've got a chance, and the fans actually believe it, and then all of a sudden you've got a you know, you've got a monster on your hands because there's a chance of an upset uh, right there in front of them. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll see what happens with the the extent of this uh, this decision and how what is essential staff what is. Uh, what is the family protocol and how the, the fall off of tickets, different things like that, things that are going to affect the fan, uh, how is that going to shake out here in the days and weeks to come? But we're going to take our last break of the day. Listen to our fine sponsors. You're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind right here, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com, Rocky Top Sports. We'll be right back. When you bring the kids to Rule King, they always love grabbing some free popcorn and following the tracks to look at the chicks. And there's never been a better time to check out the chick tanks because it's chick days at Rule King. Whether you prefer turkeys, ducks, guineas, geese, meat birds, pullets, or want to order any of 150 other breeds, with Rule King, poultry is made easy. So come out to Chick Days where assorted chicks start at just $1.99. Only at Rule King, America's farm and home store. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. 
Don't miss Pizza Hut Spirit Day. Help raise funds for Maine support. That's M-A-N-E support. The second Monday of every month at Pizza Hut, 804 Foothills Mall Drive, Maryville, 375 Hannam Street, Alcoa, and 2418 Airport Highway in Alcoa. From 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. all day. All you need to do is order a pizza from Pizza Hut on the second Monday of every month, and Maine support receives 20% of all sales. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blunt County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle, in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638. Or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. If you like what you're hearing, you should check us out. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search The Grind on Sports. Like the page, follow the page, and, of course, check out all the content 
that we try to keep out there. Again, we we try to give a, a way to catch the show in normal in your in your leisure time. Uh, we know six to seven isn't everybody's uh, cup of tea, but at the same rate, you can check us out if you're a podcaster. If you like listening it that way, you can check check us out on Apple Podcast and also on Google play music or if soundcloud's your thing if you already got an account search the grind on sports and give us a follow right there you can catch any show we've ever done in its entirety including the philip fulmer interview the sterl the pearl interview the kelly harper interview barry mathis coach randy lambert uh, a lot of others uh, a lot of other players local players uh, that we've had an opportunity to have on here train davis uh, jabari davis had him on here a few times so again check those out and have a good time doing it and again give us that follow that way we know that we're we're uh we're reaching people uh, on said platforms again facebook twitter instagram soundcloud apple podcast google play music and then if you want a hub for all of that just check out our website thegrindonsports.com that's thegrindonsports.com but uh also uh as you look at that website here in the next few days, you'll see a lot of changes. Uh, that's came by the way of 42nd Street Marketing, 42sd.com is where you can check them out, see the services that they have provided people, and then contact them at 372-7007. Again, that's 382-7007. And talk to Miss Jana and see how they can make your business a little bit more public or tune up what you already do so they have a lot of services they can provide and you will be glad that you hooked in with a blunt county invested business 42nd street again 42sd.com 42nd street 865-382-7007 but looking at tennessee basketball they play today one o'clock but they will play with some hardware attached to a couple balls that wasn't there just a couple weeks ago uh, as as earlier this week, they announced the the SEC awards, coaches postseason awards. Uh, Eve Pons becomes the the first ever Tennessee Vault to be named SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, that that kind of rocked me a little bit. And and again, I, I'm a big Tennessee fan, and I just I'm like, really nobody else. You know, back in the you, you know the 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 banging days of of you know some of those big guys you know Bill Justice and stuff like that I, I'm just surprised that none of those guys uh, were all you know all SEC Defensive Player of the Year and, and maybe close maybe in the voting but nobody finished the deal Junior forward Eve Pons won the award uh, from the SEC head coaches and the league announced this on Tuesday he was also named to the five man All Defensive Team and fellow junior so both these guys should be back next year. John Fulkerson was on second team All-SEC. I think that's a really good spot for John. I think he's earned every bit of it. Some people would question, should he be on first team? I think had uh, had there not been a couple games, uh, where, whether it was fatigue, whether it was whatever, uh, that John kind of went away uh, and had less than stellar games, I think he could have very well popped in there. But he does have another year uh, to go and get um, – go and get that first team and it's just a it's just a question mark nick richards uh gets the first team nod and and i don't think that's a bad pick either but pawns led the sec in blocks all year and finished the regular season with 73 blocks in 31 games his 73 blocks ties ut single season record initially set by cj black in 97 98 and pawns needs just one more block 
during the postseason to, of course, stand alone atop that record. Uh, the Flying Frenchman, uh, also part of that all-defensive team. He's only the third uh, player to be named to the all-defensive team, joining Juwan Smith and Josh Richardson as the only other two Vols to do that. Fulkerson's All-SEC Award is the ninth time a, a, a player has been named to the SEC first or second team during Rick's, Rick Barnes' five-year tenure. Uh, and in a native of Kingsport, uh, he is the third straight time that the winner of said award has been a native Tennessean. Third time in the last four years that one of UT's All-SEC honorees is a Tennessee native. Robert Hubbs in 2017 and Jordan Bone in 2019. So that's pretty cool. But Fulkerson and Ponds and the rest of the Vols begin SEC tournament play today, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central, uh, when they face Alabama in the second-round showdown, Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. Game will be televised on SEC Network. Tickets are not available, as there will be no fans in attendance, and it'll be a, it'll be a matchup that, that I think uh, you know will be interesting to watch for, for that very purpose. But little catch up on what happened yesterday. Georgia and Ole Miss were the were the opening round. Uh, Georgia gets the best of Ole Miss, 81 to 63. That effectively, I would think, finishes Ole Miss's season, uh, unless they get some invite. But I think you have to be 500 on the season to get the invite. But 81 to 63, Georgia advances, and Arkansas and Vandy were the nightcap. Arkansas takes care of Vanderbilt, 86. To 73. Arkansas had a good run there at the tail end. They are a 20-win team now, 20 and 12 on the season, 7 and 11 in SEC play. But Tennessee uh, plays Alabama one o'clock. The Tennessee basketball team uh, will start its journey through the SEC tournament with a second-round matchup against the Crimson Tide. Uh, Thursday's game can be seen on SEC Network again, or on your mobile device on the ESPN app. Fans can access Watch ESPN. Uh, on those many uh, different different outlets. But Mike Morgan, Jimmy Dykes, and Marty Smith will have the call. Always love Marty. Marty's a cool dude. If you, ever, if you haven't watched Marty and McGee, you should. You'll be glad you did. Uh, fans can listen to the live Vol Network broadcast where Bob, Bob Kessling and Burt Bertelkamp will describe what's going on there in Bridgestone or, in a fan's perspective, what's not going on. Uh, last time out, Vols fell in the regular season finale to Auburn uh, and then in the final regular season home game, Jordan Bowden finished with 17 points, four rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Uh, All-SEC performer now, John Fulkerson, led the Vols in scoring with 19 points on five of 10 shooting from the field uh, and, and then had a nice nine of 13 outing at the free throw stripe. A victory on Thursday would give UT a three-game win streak in its series versus the Crimson Tide and give the Vols at least one victory and each of the last three SEC tournaments. With a win, Tennessee would move on to take on SEC tournament's top seed, Kentucky, on Friday afternoon in the quarterfinals. Tip-off for that potential matchup would also be 1 p.m. on ESPN. Man, the time slots are great if you can't be there, right? The series, Tennessee trails the all-time series with Alabama 70-79, to dating back to 1914 when they had their first meeting. The Vols won the season's lone meeting back on February 4th by a score of 69-68 to at Alabama at Coleman Coliseum. The programs have met 15 times in the SEC tournament, with Bama holding a 10-5 advantage. That includes a pair of tied wins 
in Nashville. Rick Barnes was an assistant coach at Alabama during the 85-86 season, so that is a little tale of the tape there. What would a win do for Tennessee? It would give Tennessee, again, a three-game win streak in the series, make the Vols 10-8 and in the SEC tournament games played at Bridgestone, give UT at least one victory in each of the last three tournaments, and give Tennessee 75 victories over the last three seasons. That's a pretty good mark, honestly. Tennessee has advanced to the championship game in each of the last two SEC tournaments. During SEC play, Tennessee led the league in blocks and owned the conference's second-best scoring defense at only allowing 67.7 points per game. SEC Defensive Player of the Year, Eve Pons, has blocked at least one shot in every game. We hope that continues. And then for the second year in a row, Tennessee finished the regular season ranked fourth nationally in average home attendance, drawing nearly 19,000 per game. In 18 SEC games, all SEC forward John Fulkerson led the Vols in scoring at 15.1 points per game and field goal percentage at 57.8%. He also drew 112 fouls or 6.2 fouls per game on the opposing team. During SEC play, freshmen accounted for nearly 40% of Tennessee's total minutes. I think that tells the tale of the tape a little bit. And then all-SEC, all-defender, Eve Pons led the SEC and ranked 24th nationally with 2.4 blocks per game. Barring injury or illness, senior guard Jordan Bowden will finish his career in the top five on Tennessee's list for career games played. Thursday will be his 133rd game in which he appeared, fifth most in program history. Thursday will also be Jordan Bowden's 100th career start, making him the 14th ball ever to reach the century mark on career starts. In SEC tournament play, Tennessee is 69-55 and overall, a 56% winning percentage in its 61 all-time previous SEC matchups. The Vols own the third-best SEC tournament winning percentage, trailing only Kentucky and Alabama. Since the tournament was renewed in 1979, the Vols are 34-40, and so a little less than stellar since the renewal, and Tennessee has won the SEC tournament four times, tying Florida for third most among league schools. They have won it in 1936, 41, 43, and a long drought, 1979, the last time Tennessee hoisted the trophy. Tennessee's SEC record at Bridgestone is 9-8, and eight, and this is the 11th time Nashville has hosted the SEC tournament. UT's 13-10 in the tournament when it takes place in the Music City. Rick Barnes in, in the league tournament is 37-31 and 31 in conference tournament games. This includes a 6-4 record with Tennessee. He led Providence to the Big East Tournament Championship 1994, and he guided Tennessee to the SEC Championship game on each of the last two seasons. Uh, if you look at Alabama, it's heading into the 2020 SEC Tournament as it fell in its final two regular season contests, dropping to, Alab- or to Vanderbilt and on the road at Missouri. So two uh, less than pretty uh, defeats there at the tail end of the season. An up-and-down conference campaign has the Tide sitting at 16-15 and 15 overall and 8-10 and 10 in SEC play. Uh, first-year head coach Nate Oates looks to make a run in the SEC Tournament after guiding Buffalo to three three consecutive MAC championships prior to his rival in T-Town. Sophomore point guard Kira Kira Lewis Jr. 
has been incredibly efficient for the Tide. He leads Alabama with 18.5 points per game, 5.5 assists per game, and a field goal percentage at 46%, ranking him in the top 10 in the SEC in all categories. Uh, John is or Lewis is joined in the backcourt by John Petty Jr. After missing the Tides contest against Carolina and Vanderbilt earlier in the month, he returned for the season finale and should be healthy for the conference tournament. He has been an all-around performer for Alabama as he is third on the team, even with injuries, at 14.5 points per game, 2.5 assists per game, and rebounding over 6.5 per game. So we'll see uh, what that looks like. The The guard play is going to be critical for Tennessee's defense as, as the three-point shot is what got them to where they're at now. Auburn shot the lights out of Thompson Bowling Arena, and honestly, uh, I think Alabama has the opportunity to throw a bunch of them up there as well. But uh, uh, it, it's one of those deals. Tennessee's got to come to play. I think the, as they call him, the incredible folk has to continue to put some put some rubber on the road, and, and he's got to continue to mow, the, mow it down a little bit. And I think Eve Pons has to play within himself. That, that SEC Defensive Player of the Year – can't weigh him down he has to continue to play the way he's been playing and act like he's getting disrespected I I don't care what happens he needs to continue to play but John Fulkerson has all SEC honors now on his belt he ranks second in the SEC and 11th nationally with a 61.6 overall field goal percentage and he led the Vols in SEC play uh, all most of the season Fulkerson's averaging uh, 1.6 seconds points per shot overall this season, and he's drawn 57 fouls in the last seven games. So really stepped it up uh, in the last little bit of league play. I just think – I think Tennessee's got to they, – they've got to get hot right here. If you know, and, and, and I don't want earlier in the show people think, well, Wayne doesn't believe that they can do it. I'm a reverse psychology guy. Whatever Wayne thinks is going to happen is probably going to not happen. So if I don't think they're going to make the tournament – the SC or the NCAA, and I think they're not going to run the table in the SEC. It gives Tennessee its best chance to do it. Uh, it's not saying they're going to do it, but it gives them the best chance. I'll say that. But I think you've got a tough road to hoe if you're if you're going to get that done because one one you're going to have to play you're going to have to play um, Kentucky should you beat Alabama, which again you have to beat Alabama. But then then the matchup goes to Probably because, uh, again, Georgia has has earned the opportunity to play Florida, who the winner of that game would play Mississippi State, who then the winner of Kentucky and Tennessee-Alabama winner would play. So, I mean, the road to go is something else. Now, granted, I appreciate that we're on the opposite uh, side of the bracket from Auburn and LSU and South Carolina for that point and Arkansas. But, but nonetheless – you got to get there, and I think it's going to be a, a you know if you win here, you play Kentucky. You win it, you win against Kentucky. You're probably going to see Mississippi State, in my opinion. I think Florida's good, but not that good, and I think Mississippi State can get it done. So, in that regard, I mean that's a long way to get to uh, get to the championship round at the end of the weekend. Now, can we? Is, is there going to be a dynamic because there's not going to be fans in there? Nobody's ripping refs. Nobody's you know, screaming on the floor, nobody's doing this, doing that. Maybe do we get a good call? Do we get a clean game? And, and, and there's some things that can be said for that. Maybe. But I think Tennessee's just got to come into the, today's game 
again, a 1 o'clock Eastern time game, noon Central, and just say, listen, it ain't, it ain't about playing Kentucky tomorrow. It's about playing Alabama right now, and if we don't beat Alabama, it's over. It's done, and, and hopefully NIT, here we come. But I, I, don't know, I don't know that that's guaranteed. I mean, I think Tennessee's brand carries a little, little bit of something, but you got to play today for today, get an opportunity to see the Wildcats one more time, and then let the chips fall where they may. But it starts today, 1 p.m. start time, Bridgestone Arena, to a vacant Bridgestone Arena. It will be players, referees, necessary staff, necessary media, and some family members in attendance. The, the protocol that has been laid down, based on the coronavirus outbreak and the uh, and the the loss prevention or risk prevention uh, that the NCAA and the Southeastern Conference has put in. So, again, it'll be on TV, it'll be on ESPN, and it'll be on uh, the SEC or it'll be on the Vol Network and the local affiliates. But, uh, again, I want Tennessee to do well. I want them to do what they need to do. And, honestly, if they play like they did – uh, you, you know, a couple games ago against Kentucky, if they play the way they did in the second half against Florida, uh, Tennessee can win a lot of basketball games. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Tennessee has the potential. I just don't know if they have the control. I don't know if they have the consistency, and I'll be interested to see what this few days off uh, did for the Vols. As they, uh, this is probably the longest break they've had all season as they've went uh, basically from Saturday to Thursday. Uh, I don't think they had had that big of a break uh, all season, so we'll see how that impacts the Vols. But uh, as we close up today, again, want to give thanks to, to 42nd Street. A lot of great uh, things going on there as far as building the brand that is the grind. And then also want to give thanks to those who kept Rabel Radio uh, on the road yesterday and got them to Murfreesboro. That's El Himidor Mexican Grill right there in Browns, Browns Creek. If you haven't been there, you should, especially go at lunch. They've got a 15-minute or free guarantee. And then also Whitlock and Company, uh, tax preparation, CPA, uh, all document prep situations. They are who you should use, and they've been supporting Blunt County for a long, long time. But, uh, again, thanks to those two for making it happen. We're going to get back out there next week for the boys and see if we can't uh, rattle some chains there in Murfreesboro and see what happens. But, you know, you look at it. Also, if you like what you hear here today and didn't get to hear it all, uh, you can catch it in its entirety. Check us out on Facebook, the grind underscore WKVL, or Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud at the Grind On Sports. You can get on all those via our website, thegrindonsports.com. Again, that's thegrindonsports.com. Or also, if you're a podcast guy, if, if that's or lady, if that's what you want to want to go through, uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. Search the Grind On Sports or Google Play Music. The Grind on Sports. We're on all of those outlets. Check them out. Listen at your leisure. Again, all the shows are on SoundCloud from August 2018 to today. We'll have it on there by 730, and you can listen at your leisure. But if you're listening at the 2 to 3 hour, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully Tennessee's blasting the, the tide, and hopefully we are on our way to see those Kentucky Wildcats. But we're up here against the timeline. Don't miss Jason Swain and the Swain event at the top of the hour and what is a block of sports right here on your source for sports in Blount County, WKVL. Uh, if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, wash your hands, and grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. Friday edition.